you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everybody. It's Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, with my guy, Michael F. Florio. Coming up, we're previewing the rest of the Week 9 slate. Plus, we're giving you our fantasy heroes. Continuing our look at the Sunday early slate, we got the Rams at the Packers. Now, the Rams trying to wait to see what the status of Matthew Stafford is going to be as uh, he injured his thumb last week and the loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Do we keep riding with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua? And on the other side, what do we do about Christian Watson and Aaron Jones in a Packer offense that has been just straight up bad? I I know they've been they've let you down a little bit as of late, but I still think with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, the upside is far too high, uh, especially with four teams on by. Uh, in every place that I have those two, I'm not even considering sitting them. So I, I would not wreck. Even if Matthew Stafford doesn't play this week, I still think the upside is too high for these two guys that I'm going to put them in my lineup and understand that the risk might be single digits, but the upside is 20 plus. Uh, as for the Packers, Watson is a sit right now. Half of his targets this year have been uncatchable. It's more on Jordan Love than on him, but we're getting no big plays out of this Packers offense. It's It's been a grind just to get anything going. Uh, he has not reached 12 fantasy points in a game this year. Aaron Jones, I don't know what to do with him. Every week he suits up and it's like, okay, he's playing, but he's playing less snaps than A.J. Dillon. They're splitting groundwork. He's not really getting use in the passing game. And I, I think because of the status of the running back position right now, you probably just got to roll with Aaron Jones, but I, I feel worse about him than I have in years. Yeah, I don't know what to do with Aaron Jones. Christian Watson, I could figure out how to bench and put him and just sit him and and not really worry about that. I would say I'm with you. You're riding Cooper Cup. You're riding with Puka Nakua. Uh, since Cup came back in week five, those two guys combining for about two-thirds of the targets, about 75% of the air yards, Um the, the floor obviously is lower now, the ceiling probably a little bit lower, but just because they're so good and they're so focused in the offense, there's the potential for them to still have a good game regardless of who the quarterback is. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see if it's Stafford somehow or if it's going to be Brett Rippon uh, or, you know, maybe if John Wolford comes riding to the rescue. We'll, we'll see how that goes. The upside to that is that hopefully with Stafford, this is a short-term thing. So you're only having to muddle through for a week or two before – uh, you have to really make any real decisions there. Buccaneers at the Texans. Two running backs who have been meh or worse. You got Rashad White on one side. You got Damian Pierce on the other. I think at this point, we can sort of wash our hands of Damian Pierce after a bad game against the Panthers. But Rashad White's playing pretty well lately. Do we stay with the hot hand here? I think so. He He's given you over 15 uh, fantasy points in two straight. He's getting used more in the passing game, which goes a long way. And the Texans, they're not what they were last year in terms of struggling against the run, but you can beat them on the ground a whole lot easier than you can through the air. They've only allowed five passing touchdowns this season after allowing the fewest last year. So 
Yeah. Uh, Rashad White, as you guys know, I didn't like him coming into the year, and I had him as a sit a whole bunch. His schedule was insanely hard the first six weeks or so of the season. It started to open up, and we're getting better results. We are getting better results. And I think he actually has sort of elevated himself in value because of the way the offense has changed. The Bucs could not run the football, and that was the big knock on him, is that he was incredibly inefficient running the football. He wasn't getting a whole lot done there. So lately, it seems like Tampa has sort of changed things up, and Dave Canales has gone to a short passing game instead of really just trying to run the football, which means what White has lost in carries, the carries are down over the last few weeks from where they were earlier in the season, but the targets have picked up, and you know this as well as anybody, a target is worth so much more than a carry. So if he's going to get fewer rushing attempts but get more targets, then he ends up being maybe a better back than we envisioned at the start of the season. So I think you stay with him as long as this is how the Bucks are going to operate. You keep getting those targets from Rashad White. You look at the last two weeks, 13 targets. It's turned into 13 catches for 135 yards. Uh, they may not be able to run it, but if they're throwing it to him, then I like Rashad White even better, and I think you stick with this. Commanders at the Patriots. Uh, look, the big upset in the, in the NFL last week was not the Broncos over the Chiefs. It was Sam Howell getting sacked just one time against the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, but Matt Jones, very quietly been, I won't say good, but less bad over the last couple of weeks. Can we stream him against a Commanders defense that is incredibly toothless right now? And do we trust any of his pass catchers? I, I think you can stream Mac Jones this week. And I'm not telling you to play him over your regular, you know, your Dak Prescotts or anyone like that. But Dak is the name that keeps coming to my mind when I try <laughs> to think of a quarterback. But like Jared Goff's on by this week. Trevor Lawrence is on by. Brock Purdy is on by. So if you need a replacement for one of those guys or in two quarterback leagues, Mac Jones is in play because of the matchup. Commanders have allowed the third most passing yards, most passing touchdowns, second most fantasy points per game, and they allow a whole bunch of deep passes as well, so a chance for big plays in chunks. As for the pass catchers, I don't have a ton of confidence in any of them, but if I was to play anyone, it would be Demario Douglas, who last week led them in routes and targets. I mean, I, I feel bad because Kendrick Bourne was starting oh. to play well, tears the ACL, he's out for the year, so Douglas does seem sort of like the next man up. Maybe there's some Devontae Parker. Maybe there's a Juju Smith-Schuster in there somewhere. But I would try to stream Mac Jones if you can. The Commanders, uh, as we learned on Fantasy Live a couple of days ago, they have allowed a top 10 fantasy quarterback every week since week two. So that means they are just getting crushed every single week. On top of it, they trade Montez Sweat to the Chicago Bears. They trade Chase Young to the San Francisco 49ers. So now... They have even less of a pass rush than they did before. Their secondary is getting cooked on the regular. So McCorkle Jones might have some fantasy value for you this week. Bears at the Saints. How worried should we be about Chris Olave in the New Orleans offense? Very. Uh, unfortunately, like I believe that Chris Olave is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Unfortunately, uh, the Saints, Derek Carr doesn't seem to agree. Uh, if they're throwing the ball short, it's going to Alvin Kamara. If they're throwing the ball deep, it's going to Rashid Shahid, who has like 70, I think it's 71% of the Saints passes on deep balls this year and all of their touchdowns. And last year we were calling Chris Olave Mr. Air Yards because we were like, hey, all he does is rack up air yards and put up big numbers on those deep passes. But that hasn't come to fruition. It's... 
been a bit of an up and down year for for Chris Olave. He's not at the point where we can't start him for fantasy or anything like that. But it's just at the point where it's like, yeah, he's not going to live up to the lofty expectations. It's a, the ability that I truly believe he could play at. It's just one of those things where everything seems to be trending toward him having a big game and it just doesn't happen. Um, the very smart, very talented, very funny Ian Harditz. Uh, who you can find over at Fantasy Life, uh, he keeps track of what he calls unrealized air yards, um, where it's, you know, they're air yards that just don't connect for whatever reason. And Chris Olave is far and away leading the world in unrealized air yards. He led them in that last year, too. They're just, they're, they're trying to get him the ball downfield, but for whatever reason, he and Derek Carr just can't connect in that regard. And you mentioned somehow it's working out with Rashid Shahid. Uh, they're getting the short passes to Alvin Kamara. They're working the intermediate part of the field with Mike Thomas and Taysom Hill. But just for whatever reason, Carr and Olave just can't get it going. And I keep trying. I keep believing that one of these weeks it's just going to click. Hopefully it does. I mean, look, there's still a lot of ball game left in terms of the regular season. It's only week nine, right? There are still, you know, including this week, there's still 10 more weeks left of the of the NFL regular season. You got to believe at some point it's going to come together. It hasn't yet. It's incredibly frustrating. I'm not willing to give up, though, on Chris Olave uh, in 2023. I just can't. Ah, we still got a whole bunch of games left to go. We got the later part of the slate plus Sunday night football, Monday night football, and our fantasy heroes as we come back on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Looking at the late slate of games from Week 9, we'll start with the Colts at the Panthers. Do we start Zach Moss? Do we start any of the Panthers running backs? Yeah, you start Zach Moss 100%. I, I don't think people fully realize that in the four games that Jonathan Taylor has played, Zach Moss has outscored him in three of them. They continue to split opportunities. Like, yeah, last week, Taylor played more snaps, but they they it was 14 opportunities to Moss's 13. Moss is the one that gets used near the goal line a bit. They're both used in the passing game. And in this great of a matchup, you start them both, and I think on the other side, Chuba Hubbard is in play as a sneakier option. 66% of the snaps this past week, 15 carries, two targets, got all the work near the goal line. Miles Sanders had two touches. Uh, so the Colts, they struggle against running backs. If I'm going anywhere in Carolina, it is Chuba Hubbard. For sure, starting Zach Moss. You mentioned the, the run that Zach Moss has been on lately. He is the running back four over the last month. So he is still getting it done, even with Jonathan Taylor there. The Panthers are awful at stopping the run. On the other side, I guess you can start Chuba Hubbard. I don't want any part of that backfield because the worst thing to happen last week was that you had three guys getting opportunity. Now, granted, Miles Sanders only had two carries, which he turned into zero yards and zero points. Uh, the old Bluto Blutarski, for anybody old enough to remember Animal House, 0, 0.0. Um, I just, it's a bad offense. They can't run the football. Even if the Colts aren't great against against running backs, I, I am terrified to get behind any one of them. 
uh, down there in Carolina. So I guess Chuba Hubbard, but that would be about it. Giants at the Raiders. We mentioned at the top of the show, a lot of changes in Las Vegas. New head coach, at least interim, uh, a new play caller on offense, and a new starting quarterback. We sort of talked about Devontae Adams, so it's a rehash. Uh, we can trust Devontae Adams this week, right? Yeah, I think this week you could trust Devontae Adams. This is the ultimate squeaky wheel narrative, right? Like, he got his coach fired. He was so (laughs) upset. Uh, I I think they're going to come out and just the game plan, if you watch Hey Arnold, where they're like, give the ball to Tucker, it's just going to be like, give the ball to Devontae (laughs) Adams. Uh, And I think Josh Jacobs is the other Raider you could trust with confidence this week. Jacoby Myers depends on your options. Yeah, I'm not really big on Jacoby Myers just yet. I want to take a wait and see. One of my other bold predictions for the week is that Devontae Adams is going to get like 15 targets. I might even bump that up to 20. I, I came up with that thought before Josh McDaniels was fired. Now that he's fired and they've got a new play, it might be 20 targets for Devontae. It might just be, hey, Aiden, look at number 17 and throw him the ball. <laughs> Don't care. Uh, I think this is very much the squeaky wheel situation. And Devontae Adams is going to get uh, you know quite a bit of, uh, of grease to, to help move that offense along. Cowboys at the Eagles, definitely one of the more fun games on the schedule this week. Big one in the NFC East. Tony Pollard has not had a great season. He has not been super efficient, and the Eagles are good against running backs. But you can't sit Tony Pollard, right? And and you can't sit Devontae Adams, or uh, Devontae Smith, right? You can't sit Devontae Adams either. But you can't sit Devontae Smith, right? Yeah, I don't think you could get away from either of them. And it it has been disappointing this year. Like, Tony Pollard right now is the RB16 on the season. He has not scored a touchdown since week one. Yeah, like, that is is very disappointing. The the receiving numbers isn't what I had hoped they would be coming into this year. I thought he had RB1 overall upside. But still, in this match, I know it's a tough matchup against the Eagles, but I, I cannot get away. A lot of points could be scored in that one. And on the other side... Devonta Smith, like, yeah, he's taken a back seat because A.J. Brown, after the first two weeks, was like, throw me the ball more. And then he's gone on the greatest six-week run in wide receiver <laughs> history. Uh, but Devonta showed us last week that the upside is far too high. It just takes one long play for him to have a really nice fantasy game. So I- I'm starting him. I'm starting him because of the potential for the ceiling, understanding that the floor has been you know lower than we thought it would be. And they've got a tough matchup against that Dallas secondary. Deron Bland. Uh, has been great this year. He's got three pick sixes. The NFL record for a single season is four. So he's still got a handful of games to to tie or break that record. So I, I think you stick with Devonta Smith, hoping that he gets closer to the ceiling than to the floor. Same with Pollard. Uh, look, I, I know he hasn't been really efficient in his opportunities this year, um, but it's hard to get away from him just because of the potential volume, the fact that he's always on the field. He's still getting targets for the most part. He's still getting carries. I can't. I can't get away from Tony Pollard. I just, I, I'm hard pressed to believe I, that, that people have a better option out there sitting on their bench at this point. Sunday night football, the Bills at the Bengals. Uh, I mean, I guess, of course, the last time we saw this matchup, uh, we had the really terrible and scary moment with DeMar Hamlin on Monday night football last year. Uh, so the Bills and Bengals will meet again this season in Cincinnati. James Cook, sort of like Tony Pollard, has not been what we hoped he would be. Is it time to back away from James Cook? James Cook is very much so a depends on your options type of player. Now, in his last four games, the three without a touchdown, he's scored less than nine fantasy points. So more of a a low floor early on in the year. He had looked really good, was giving you double digits very consistently. 
But now Leonard Fournette is there. They clearly, for some reason, want to get a a bigger back, more involved. I, I watch their games, and I'm just like, just use James Cook. He is getting the job done. He's better than Latavius Murray, and they're just like determined to get a big power back heavily involved. So to me, James Cook is more of a low-end RB2 or flex option now. Pains me to say it, but it solely depends on your options. I, I, I... I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too optimistic about it, right? Like, I can't quit James Cook, in part because it feels like his role itself hasn't really changed. Now, the guys they bring in to sort of give him rest have changed. You know, it was Damian Harris for a little bit. He's gotten hurt. We see more Latavius Murray. Now there's Leonard Fournette there, so we'll see how that sort of works in there. But James Cook's role has always been James Cook's role. The thing that might hurt him more than anything is if Josh Allen is really committed to running the football again, because that takes away some of those rushing opportunities from Cook. It also means a lot of those short targets that he might have otherwise gotten aren't going to be there because Josh Allen's just going to take off and run with the ball a lot of times out of structure. So that concerns me a little bit. But in other words, his role has sort of been his role. We'd love for him to score more touchdowns. But, you know, I think he is who he kind of has been all season long. That part hasn't changed. So I, I think, you know, if you've been starting him and as long as you've been successful, look, if you're losing and you need if you need to swing for the fences and try to get a, a high ceiling play, I understand that. But if you're doing OK, I think you just kind of keep rolling with James Cook at this point. I know it's disappointing, but, you know, sometimes life is disappointing. It's a lesson for all of you out there. Um, Monday Night Football to wrap things up. It's the Chargers and the Jets from New Jersey. Uh, the Chargers got a much-needed win last week against the Chicago Bears. Any worries about some of your Chargers against a pretty good Jets defense? Yeah, I, I think Justin Herbert is still in play. I think that Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler are too good to get away from. But like Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnston, your secondary options there, yeah, you could get away, especially because Johnson exclusively plays outside and Josh Palmer runs over two-thirds of his routes outside, which means... You're going to get a whole lot of who this man dressed up as Halloween for and Sauce Gardner and and DJ Reed. And the Jets allow by far, it's like 16 fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. Every other team's over 21. Like it is by far the toughest matchup for a receiver. So yeah, you start your studs and that's it. You talk about Sauce Gardner and I went and looked this up on on PFF. Uh, He has been targeted on just 11% of his coverage snaps this year. Wide receivers against him have caught 20 passes for 183 yards and I think one touchdown, which uh, I was looking at the equivalent. If you were looking at wide receivers who have that number, uh, Braxton Berrios has 20 catches for 194 yards and one touchdown. Braxton Berrios is the wide receiver 67 (laughs) on the year. So Sauce Gardner is allowing the equivalent, basically, of the wide receiver 67 for the season. DJ Reed has also been very good back there. I get it. You're you're starting Keenan Allen, right? Like, you're not going to get away from Keenan Allen because he's a guy with a high ceiling. But understand that this is a week that might not be great for Keenan Allen. Uh, You know, I think you can get away from Josh Palmer. Uh, I'll say this, though. I like whoever starts at tight end, whether it's Donald Parham or Gerald Everett. I sort of like that player as a sleeper this week. Um, so maybe you can start them and feel okay about it. You're starting Austin Eckler as well, but but the ceilings are lower uh, for a lot of your Chargers this week against the Jetropolitans. That is the end of the Week 9 slates, but we are not done yet. It's time to see who will deliver, presented by Uber Eats.
these are the guys who are going to rescue you from a burning fantasy building and uh, whisk you off to safety. So, who is your hero for week nine? Don't ever call me a homer, because I'm going with Joe <laughs> Burrow against my Buffalo Bills. Uh, Joe Burrow looked healthy this past week. Not only did he throw for 283 yards and three touchdowns, what really stood out to me was he ran for 43 yards, which puts any concern about his calf and that injury that was holding back this offense early on, that, that's all behind us now. And then we know that, that Joe Burrow, a fully healthy Burrow, is a top five fantasy quarterback. Now he gets the Bills. I, knew they, I know they added Douglas uh, yesterday, but they still have allowed over 19 fantasy points to Mac Jones and Baker Mayfield in back-to-back -back weeks. So, yeah. Joe Burrow is going to have a monster week, I think. Yeah, Joe Burrow looks like Joe Burrow again, and the Bengals' offense looks like it is rolling again. Uh, meanwhile, I like Jonathan Taylor this week, and I know we talked about the Colts running game. We talked about Zach Moss specifically, but let's not forget Jonathan Taylor is the lead back there, and he's starting to get more touches, more opportunities. He had 95 rushing yards on just 12 carries last week for Indianapolis, and now he gets that awful Carolina run defense. And this has been a an offense in Indy that's leaned heavily on its running back since Anthony Richardson went down with a season-ending shoulder injury. Uh, we know Gardner Minshew's not just going to take off and run if he doesn't have to. So that means that both Taylor and Moss will get plenty of touches. Both those guys are very much in play. Uh, but I think we're going to see a really big Jonathan Taylor game coming up this week against the Carolina Panthers. Um Week nine, man, we are we are in the back half of the uh, the fantasy regular season, and it's it's flying along at this point. It is flying, and and week nine is probably the most excited I've been for a slate of regular season since week one. Like when it first, like that's how good the the games are this week. They really are very very good this week. So uh, looking forward to that one. And uh, on the West Coast, you're waking up early to check out the uh, the Chiefs and the Dolphins from Frankfurt, Germany. Of course, again, you can see that game on NFL Network. You can stream it live on NFL Plus. That was Who Will Deliver, presented by Uber Eats, where you can get almost, almost anything. The official on-demand delivery partner of the NFL, order now. All right, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, everyone does their own stunts. Not everyone does them intentionally. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Happy birthday, Josh. We'll talk to you again real soon. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.